Welcome Karis families to the Karis podcast. We are in our satellite classroom series right now and I have the pleasure of interviewing Mrs. Cox today, Emily Cox, who is one of our teachers for Latin, math, STEM, and science this year in our upper grades. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Okay, Mm -hmm. good, good. So we're going to get to know Emily a little bit, but she's going to, she has the unique perspective of being a central classroom teacher and a satellite classroom teacher to her three kiddos. So um, we just wanted to maybe get some tips and pointers from her and get her unique perspective. I think it's, she has some great wisdom for us. And so I wanted to ask her some of those questions today. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to message those as well. And I will pick Emily's brain after <laughs> the fact, or we'll have a Q&A later on. But um, to start out, Emily, if you could introduce yourself a little bit and tell us how long you've been at Karis and your kids' ages. Sure. So we have been, this is our fourth year at Karis. We started when Caleb, my youngest, was in kindergarten, and we had homeschooled up until then, um, which I love, but just kind of as we got, um, you know, the three kiddos going, it was really hard to get to all of everyone's things, and my daughter is super social and really was like, oh, she really needs people more regularly. Um, So anyway, so we made that transition um, when she was in fourth grade, my son was second, and um, my youngest was in kindergarten. So now... Um, Juliana, my oldest, is in seventh grade. Um, Judah is in fifth grade, and Caleb is in third grade. So, yeah, great yeah. kids. Yeah, <laughs> so I can, like them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you've been here four years, but how long yeah. have you been teaching with us? Uh, also four also years. Four yeah, years. yeah, we were kind of a package you. deal. That so was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was so wonderful. Yeah. I remember when you did your uh, teaching demo and yeah. how fun it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was I, I loved that was like such a nice way for me to kind of get to know the kids. Like we, we mm-hmm. had um, some of the staff kids came in, especially like after school was let out because we didn't we were pretty late even finding out about Karis. Um, and they were so sweet and it was, I was just like, wow, these are, these are awesome kids. So that really made me feel good about joining the school also. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, That was a fun day. Yeah. So you have been teaching at Karis for four years, um, Mm -hmm. but you are specializing in math and science and Latin too. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into that? You bet. So, um, I studied math teaching in college. Um, and then I taught um, for two years in public school, kind of an inner city school, so a very different sort of um, perspective than than Karis, but um, really helped me a lot. I feel like when you have to teach lots of different cultures and backgrounds, it really um, forces you to have really good skills as a teacher. So I am, yeah. even though that's not the setting I stayed in, I'm really grateful for that preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to grad school, also in math education, um, did some research, and then um, taught students who were becoming math teachers for a year. Mm-hmm. So I've taught at now almost every level, you wow. know, all the way up. And then um, our family moved to um, China and we were uh, missionaries there for a year. Um, my daughter Juliana was born there and then we moved back and moved to Madison. So, wow. and then until we joined Karis, I'd been homeschooling. Okay. Yeah. yeah those oh, years. So. We are so blessed to have you. So <laughs> lots so of great. different sorts of teaching, but yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you some satellite questions first, but okay. I would like to pick your brain a little bit um, for us specifically on your unique position perspective, like I said, being a a math teacher, a central classroom teacher, and a satellite classroom teacher. But before we do that, um, I would like to ask you how Mm -hmm. you set up, especially as a homeschooling too. You've you've homeschooled as well. So I think you could have some great tips for us. So um, 
could you give us a little overview of your um, your home days, your satellite sure. days, and then maybe some tips you have? It could be a general, broad overview, some specific tips that you've yeah you've gleaned. Yeah, you bet. So I think um, all of us probably who've been doing this for any length of time, even if it's a week, have had yeah. days that are not like great so <laughs> what I know I know <laughs> Mrs. Tuck never has but never the rest no, of no. us but <laughs> um but I think like really starting with what does my ideal day look like like what is the sort of day I want mm. to have is really important and then maybe you're not going to get that straight out of the gate but you can sort of think about how do I build towards that you know That's so great. um really thinking about that so we have um we're blessed with we kind of have a basement space that we have used throughout so um, when we were homeschooling, it was like really the big part of our basement. So we had a giant, um, it's like a kidney table. It's like really big that we would all kind of sit around and, mm. um, work together. And then as the kids have gotten older, we've transitioned to kind of a smaller section because in, now instead of five days a week, it's, you know, two days a week. Um, so we, ha we each have kind of a desk set up in this one smaller room. Um, and then the big room is now like a family room, which is nice to, to have that space now oh, too. That is nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we each, each have a desk. Like I am, I sit between my two boys who are the younger and then Juliana kind of has a space off to the side cause she needs less help usually. And then we just kind of rotate through if she needs some, some time, some help with something, one of the boys will move and whatever. And then we also have a, a computer set up down in that room too, so that, mm. um, they're not going off with the computer. Like if they're, if they have computer work, I can still be there and see oh you really are still doing moby max not watching youtube videos yeah that's good. again something that has never happened to anyone no else of course never school, none of us yeah, yes yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's a good idea to um, have that centrally yeah yeah so that i really like that space and then we try to do it like more or less like a normal school day as much as possible like um I ask the kids to stay in that area like if you need to go do something else at least let me know so it's not like they're running off at all all points in the day mm -hmm. like I know what everyone is working on um, and then I feel like my kids have a lot of different personalities of school I have one who gets through everything really fast I have one who needs a lot of help I have another one who's kind of in the middle maybe doesn't need help but wants a lot of help you know so yep. um, a lot of different personalities and so I think as a um, satellite teacher you really have to think through okay how is this going to work what is something we do together that works for all of us, but also taking into account those little things. So the one who gets through everything, like I just have, um, like he has like a woodworking project that he can work on and, you know, some other things that are only, only there on Tuesdays and Thursdays just to keep it special, you know? Yeah. So it's not something he does a lot on the weekends, but just on those days. So I think just creatively thinking ahead of time, what is going to work for all of us as a family, but also what is going, what do the individual kids need that's maybe different? That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. That planning ahead is such a big deal. Yeah. And then having something special on those Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. That's great for your student who gets done faster. I think that's right. a great tip too for those families who have younger kids. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Non-school age children. We used to do that as well. Right. Um, keeping a bucket of toys that or art projects sure. that only came out during school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. So Yeah. But absolutely. I like that idea for um, faster students as yeah. well. That's mm -hmm. great. Because they don't go right to screens. They don't go right. off and you can't supervise right. that's and it kind of brings in some of that charlotte mason joyful discovery yeah, yeah. with the woodworking kid i, I right. love that that's great right. yeah that's helpful sure. um 
Do you have anything, I, we've talked about this before, we talked about mm-hmm. this before we turned on the podcast, how yeah. we have appreciated tips from other co-teachers and mm-hmm. our class, our satellite classrooms have looked different sure. every year, sometimes different seasons, right. um, but are there some tips that you've carried along with you that you would like to share with other satellite yeah. classroom teachers? I think especially, so, I mean, I, I consider myself someone who works full time because mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm here at school and Tuesdays, Thursdays, I'm with the kids, mm-hmm. which is takes time you know so um for other moms who maybe they're not or dads maybe they're not um teaching but they have other you know planned things on those uh, monday wednesday fridays like i i really like to take just a little bit of time before we start tuesday thursday to like i try and exercise and pray Mm -hmm. like i'll still try and get up early and do those things beforehand because what i found otherwise is that i'm like oh kids come on finish up because there's stuff I need for me that I can't get to and then a lot of times I get frustrated or the day ends up just being longer through not anyone's fault and then I feel like frustrated I think that's where a lot of that resentment comes in yeah obviously like there's limits to that like you can't take a spa day every Tuesday (laughs) like I'm not (laughs) not saying like there is sacrifice involved but I think figuring out what are those most basic things especially for people who have Monday Wednesday Friday commitments um, if you don't have those, then maybe you can kind of move some of those things to the time when the kids are in school if you're at home. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, we just we tend to fill our schedules, you know, whether it's an employed thing or just, you know, whatever volunteer or whatever things we're doing. So um, I think just having that little bit of I'm going to take care of the things I need to do. Maybe that's start a load of laundry so I don't feel overwhelmed. Maybe sure. that's I'm going to double check the chickens defrosting so we have dinner, or, you know, whatever that is I think um, just having that okay I'm I'm taking care of my basic needs are met so now I can focus on you is has been really helpful Um, and in my earlier days I felt oh no I shouldn't do anything at all until all of the schoolwork has been completed but then I realized like sometimes the schoolwork just can stretch Mm -hmm. to fill as much time as we give it you know so um, I don't remember we've had a couple things where we were Uh, you know, it was a Thursday and then we were going out of town. And so we told the kids, we will leave whenever you're done with your work for Thursday. And then all of a sudden, the work that had been taking six hours, everyone got done and it was checked and completed and done well in three hours. Oh, funny. I'm like, (laughs) motivation. "Hmm, Interesting (laughs) what we can do, what we can accomplish when there's a goal, isn't it? Yes. And sometimes, like, especially during the winter, I'll just throw that out. Maybe not now, but like, hey, we're going to go to Sky Zone this afternoon if I'm I'm available at one so whenever after that you guys can finish and we can stay you know and I have to be home by 4 30 to start dinner so however long we can stay we can stay you know and sometimes that just is with older students I feel like that's a little bit harder but I think especially in the k through six-ish range Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just I'm enjoying having mom's attention and this is great and that's great but sometimes with a little focus there might be something more fun that we could do together also that's great yeah because in those younger years we're not necessarily working towards that independence we are when we get to the fourth fifth grade right but it does build in a little bit of that I'm taking ownership of what I have to do during my school day right even though I need mom's help I can get it done in this amount of time but there's something that comes so it's almost like building in that um, knowledge that you you can take control yeah. and get this done well in a smaller shorter right. amount of time than you actually right. think so mm-hmm. that's a great tip. yeah yeah so one of the things that we have done at times is um just 
as far as organizing the day, and I think I found this more with my older student when things got heavy, um, is just like um, kind of following the schedule of the day. So here at Karis, when they're here, we have certain times for each class. Even the grammar students do, even though they're with the same teacher for most of the day, we still have you know, certain times when each class is taught. And so sometimes using that structure can really help the students. And sometimes too, it can, um, you know, if a student is spending an hour and a half or two hours on a single math assignment, they're probably at the end of that two hours, they're probably not working with the same efficiency and focus as they were at the beginning. Okay. So yeah. if we kind of put a time limit on it of 45 minutes is how long the math classes I teach are. I think that's how long most of our classes are. Um, okay, we're going to work on this for 45 minutes. I want maximum effort, maximum focus for those 45 minutes. And then wherever we are, we're going to move on to something else. Mm. So um, that is something that has helped a lot with some of the bigger subjects or things that have felt heavy. And then um, kind of at the end of the day, we reassess. You know, if if you follow a school schedule, then you're probably done around three-ish. And so there's still time in that afternoon late afternoon time to go back and finish the latin or finish the math or work on the science project or whatever it was that was that was too big so that's something that has helped our family just kind of get some structure and we don't always follow it but sure. especially when things feel overwhelming that's something that has helped yeah yeah you said that a few years ago mm -hmm. and that was very helpful for us we've mm -hmm. used that here and there mm -hmm. as well i even think of my own executive functions toolbox mm -hmm. as yeah. I try to be more disciplined and organized yeah. that's something good for me if I'm like trying to tackle a project right I'm just going to give myself a certain amount of time right. focus really well yeah give myself a break and then move on to something else I think that's yeah. a great yeah that's a great tip yeah um, to and I think it gives that sense too of I've accomplished something mm -hmm. even if I'm not 100% done so yeah yeah which is good that's great that's really helpful okay anything else you'd like to share with us as a co-teacher hmm um, and these might come in the second part as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure right now. But okay. Yeah. Okay. So as a central classroom teacher and mm -hmm. a co-teacher, um, especially in math, I yeah. feel like that's especially there, but just mm -hmm. even in general, general tools, what are some of the things that you can help us as, um, satellite classroom co-teachers to, um, to think through, even as we look at the long road, you mm -hmm. know, as we look at yeah. our, we have younger students, we want, this is what we have. Um, our goals for our students as sure. they graduate. Yeah. Um, what what should we be building in with math, with science in particular, with math? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, I think a lot of it, like it all comes back to character, even if it's by a different name. Like mm. in my math class, I'm not always talking about character using those words, but that's really what we're trying to to build is that um, that grit that I can do hard things. I can try stuff that I don't know if I'm going to succeed. Um, I can keep going. I have hope and perseverance and all of those things. So mm -hmm. I think um, being able to focus some conversations around those those character qualities. And we know not every student probably is going to be a straight A student in, and that is okay. Mm -hmm. So we have to think about like what is an appropriate goal for this student? And that may not, hopefully is not actually even a grade goal but what, what skills do they need to have? What do they need to be able to do? So I can have two students who say both are getting a B's and one is getting a B because they're, you know, only sort of trying on the homework and, but everything comes to them really quickly. So they do well on quizzes. Mm -hmm. I have another student who is putting forth maximum effort all the time, 
it just is hard for them. Mm -hmm. It just takes a little bit more work. And so they're working their very best and they're getting a B. Mm -hmm. That's like something to be proud of, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think um, even how we think about it, how we talk to our students is really important. Um, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the hard work you've done. You know, I think especially as grades come out, like helping your student think through, you know what, you did, you worked so hard this semester and I am so proud of you. And leaving it at that and not like, mm, but make sure you get the A next semester, you know? Right, yeah. And so I think some of those, how we think about it is really important. A lot of that stuff gets passed on mm -hmm. very easily. So um, for math, like we will always harp on math facts. Like that's just such a big deal. Um, for our younger students especially to be able to to get it and even like to progress into that fourth through sixth grade math where they're doing these more complicated long division problems or fractional operations those sorts of things really require an immediate command of all these facts all at once yes. to, to be able to get the process so we can focus on the process and we're not they're counting on our fingers what seven times nine is or whatever um, but even for our, like, I would say middle school students, mm -hmm. so in seventh grade usually is where the class allows calculators, but, you know, it, it is not to take the place of the all the skills that they've learned. And so um, what I teach pre-algebra, which is our seventh grade class, and we find that um, sometimes students, like, they have a calculator, but they still get the wrong answer because they don't understand what they're doing well enough to know how to use a calculator because mm. there's a lot of, like, command of what is going on in the problem to even know what do we punch in correctly you know sure. yeah so um that stuff doesn't really it doesn't really go away yeah. you know and yeah. especially as we hit factoring in algebra and other things it just it keeps circling around and we see over and over the students who have really solid mastery of this they do well and they can they can keep progressing and it's like the um they hit a ceiling the ones who don't have the solid math facts just kind of hit a ceiling that they keep bumping against and oh math mm. is hard um mm. and i mean i love math like that was what i studied so i'm very passionate about it mm -hmm. but it really is a um kind of an access skill for so many professions both math and science are mm -hmm. um, but it's hard to do go far in science if your math is not great because it's you know it's dependent on that so right. um so when i walk into the classroom i see like I see future leaders, you know, our, our kids are going to go whichever, whatever direction the Lord directs, which is awesome. Yes. But mm -hmm. I want them to have the ability to pursue any career path, any, anything that, you know, the Lord wants them to do. If they're going to be a NASA astronaut or, you know, a great scientist or, you know, any sort of great leader, I want them, I want it not to be, oh, well, I would have pursued that, but I just, I didn't have the background, you know, so yeah. that's, that's our job is to help them have that really solid background and I think to see that um, and speak that confidence in them the Lord has great things for you and mm -hmm. we want you to, to be able to prosper in all in all possibilities in the future yeah that's yeah. really good that's helpful and I appreciate how you said you're talking about how parents talk to their kids and encourage yeah. their kids as well that I, I came across an article years and years ago um, talking about students our parents who told their students they were smart all mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. and then those students got to a certain level where right. you actually had to work 
to right? get a certain yep. result. Yep. And that they felt like if they failed, mm -hmm. then they would not be smart anymore right. or they would not be yep. considered smart anymore. So they just gave up. Yep. And Absolutely. so um, I don't think it's wrong to tell mm -hmm. your students if they're smart and that God has given them that gift. Sure. But that's not the only thing. And so we talk about, too, the tools that you right. have, have at your fingertips, which everybody has. Right. And it's working hard. So I love right. how you said to encourage yeah. students like you have been working so hard. I see results. Mm -hmm. Encourage that kind of thing along the way. If, if yeah. they haven't like I, I know that you can do this. I know yeah. you can work hard. It's not like you said, not everybody's going to get the same grade. Yeah. But just knowing that about your student and right. encouraging them and empowering them to work hard because yeah. truly that's that's, yeah. you know, using the gifts that God has given you is, right. is what we're looking for. And everybody hits that ceiling. I think everybody hits a place where you're like, wow, what was once easy for me is now hard. And it's, it's a lot of us hit it multiple times, you know, sure. like. I think our middle school students hit it and then in high school it's a new level yeah you know because you you learn to rise to that expectation yeah and I remember um in college so for the deg degree program I was in I had to complete a full major in mathematics and then there's a separate teacher education program that was a minor and at once I finished calculus every single semester I, I knew my husband at the time I told my husband Andy I was like this is it this is a semester I'm going to fail out because I have mm. no idea what I am doing, I am so lost, I am so confused. Hmm. And like, keep going. So I just kept going and semester after semester, I didn't fail. <laughs> My grades were not all A's at all, um, but you know, it was good enough and yes. I learned what I needed to learn. So um, I think there's this fallacy or this feeling that, oh, well, if I were smart, it would all just come to me, but that's really not at least not my experience yes of the real world right. so yeah. that's great yeah yeah no i i appreciate that it's such good encouragement yeah like how to talk to our kids and, and yeah. how to think about that um so yeah thank you for that um Anything else that you would say? I, well, actually, before, I'm going to head back real quick when you talked mm -hmm. about math facts, because mm -hmm. I just listened to a talk as well. You and I talked about this, mm -hmm. about doing math facts even up through 12th grade. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure our, our yeah. students are going to love me saying this. Yeah. My oldest student, um, I just talked to him about uh -huh. this as well. I think we're going to start working in math facts again. Yeah. Um, and I think they consider it, some of them consider it kind of fun because they yeah. know them. But um, yeah. But yeah, we, we've talked about adding that back in as well and just giving yeah. giving the tools. So um, for our satellite classroom teachers, that might be something you want to right. work into your older students' uh, schedule as well or just encourage to like, yeah, pull up Moby Max, do a little one Moby Max yeah. or flashcards. It might, if you see, you might see uh, some uh, some growth over the, over yeah. the weeks um, yeah. in those harder math classes. Yeah. So, okay, well, um, Anything else that you can think of, any tips that would be helpful before we end? Um, I think one of the things I found is just the, um, like, being, continuing to be involved even as students get older, mm. you know, just so um, I teach Latin and a lot of parents are like, uh, I'm checking out, like, this is, this is too hard. Uh, guilty. But, <laughs> you know, you can just, like... Hey, what did you learn in Latin this week? Sure, what is yeah. your chant about? Or what is the new grammar about? Mm -hmm. Or what are some of your words? I think just showing that interest mm -hmm. really helps a lot. And so it doesn't have to be Latin. It can be any subject that where maybe you don't feel terribly versed in that particular subject. And especially if you have multiple students to try and keep up with the workload and do, you know, 
all of humanities with right. all of your students or whatever. That's that's more than we ask. But just that that interest, I think, is really valuable. And I think my kids have been surprised that I was interested in, you know, some of the books that they read that I hadn't read. And like I didn't read the whole book, but I was just, you know, looking through it and reading a chapter or, oh, what is it talking about here? I think all of that is really important kind of even as they get older and maybe the we have that expectation of independence which is great but um yeah I think just that interest really means a lot and it speaks value over Mm. those subjects Mm -hmm. um it's not just oh you have to learn this because you're a kid and you're in school and you have to do what you're told but you know this is a part of the world God created Mm -hmm. and I as an adult am still interested in learning and I think that's really valuable and helpful yeah, so. I do too. I think that's great, and it creates this culture of learning that we're looking right. for in our in our students. We yeah. want to, we want them to be lifelong learners, sure. learning about God's kingdom. And if the parents are doing, the kids are always going to be our kids are always going to be looking to us, right? Um, so if we're interested in in those yeah. things when we don't have to do them, yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah, and that yeah. does create not only a culture of lifelong learning, this classical culture in right. your home, because right. that's just in it. You just get inspired mm-hmm. for, like you said, the the world God's created. So. Yeah. That's very encouraging. That's Absolutely. great. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Mrs. Cass. Yeah, thank you. It's good to talk to you. Uh, you too. This was wonderful. We might have to have you on again sometime <laughs> soon. I do. Um, we usually end our podcast with a quick recommendation. So oh, it can be absolutely okay. anything, something you've enjoyed. It doesn't have to be education related. Okay. Right? Yeah. So like when the pandemic lifts, um, one of the things our family is looking forward to doing is um, going back to Milwaukee. So oh. usually every year we visit... Um, not all at the same time, but we'll visit like the public museum, Discovery World, and the children's museum. Okay. There, so that we are very much looking forward to when that is a possibility again. They may be open, but it's just not worth it right now to us sure. to, you know, do all Make that. Make reservations, uh, get tickets. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just more people. So we'll yeah, just, we'll, we can, we can wait. But that's sure. if you, so if you haven't been to, any of those three, I highly recommend a trip there when it becomes possible. So. What Discovery World? Explain what that it's is. It's like a science science museum. Okay. okay. Yeah. So and they have. One. I remember um, they had a virtual reality thing that was pretty cool. Oh. That, um, we I was you know it was a long line. I was like, oh, are you guys sure you want to do this? And they're like, yes, yes. So <laughs> we waited like half an hour for the for that, but it was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, lo- lots of different hands-on science stuff to oh, do. Fun. So yeah, okay. it was great. And the zoo. The yeah, Zoo. Mm-hmm. Lots the Milwaukee of Zoo. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. We should so. do a bunch of tips. Uh, yeah, on when we can visit Milwaukee. Yes, to do. that's great. Yes, that's for that's sure. A good recommendation. So, yeah. All right. You. Well, thank you so much, Mrs. Yeah. Cox. My we'll pleasure. see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.